0: All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you. It's been a couple of years, so uh, hopefully I'll get to make it to campus when we can all be back on site again. So uh, this morning, I want to say I was uh, praying and asking God, I said, Lord, I need a word for this preaching assignment. And so um, as I was seeking him, I said, a word. What did I say that for? Because God came back and guess what he gave me? One word. I said, God has a sense of humor. And the word that he gave me was shift. I'm like, what am I going to do with that? What scripture text am I going to preach with? Oh, my goodness. So it's just a challenging assignment. And I had hoped that he would give me a different word, but he didn't. And so as I heard the word shift, immediately my mind turned to driving a manual car and having to shift the gears. You see, my experience with driving a manual car is not a good one. Let me just say that. It was in a crisis situation, and the only vehicle available to me at the time was a manual car, and I had no experience in how to drive it. I didn't know that in order to shift the gears, you had to push down on the clutch and ease up on the gas, so I was stuck until I figured out how to shift the gears. And so at Emmanuel Baptist Church, we are in the preaching series called Radical And so this morning, I want to extend that preaching series to you here at Acadia and preach on the sermon title, Radical Shift. And so the passage this morning is taken from Acts chapter 16, verses 25 and 26, just two verses. Uh, And here's the word of the Lord. Now, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was an earthquake. And so that the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains fell off. Well, Father God, in this preaching hour, Lord, I ask that you would me, anoint me afresh right now from the top of the head to the soles of my feet, Lord God. Father, I am your humble a servant, God. I ask you to use me today for your glory. Father, that I, I pray that you would give me articulation of speech, speech that I would not miss a single thing, Lord, that you want me to say or do today. Father, I pray that you will give listening ears to the hearers this morning, Father. May it be a word and season, Father, to encourage somebody who needs to hear today. In Jesus' name I pray amen. Well, I am certain that all of you are familiar with the story of how Paul and Silas were stuck in prison, but let me just give you a little recap if you don't mind. So Paul and Silas arrive in Philippi to preach the gospel. The day starts, oh great, you know you have those kind of days, everything starts oh great, and they're going along and they meet a woman by the name of Lydia, who had received the gift of salvation, and she and her whole household were baptized. And so they continued to preach, and but for several days, they were being harassed by a fortune teller, a certain slave girl who possessed a spirit of divination. Paul was a little frustrated and a little irritated, and he was angry at the state, of the girl and the fact that her owners are making a profit from her demonic possession and so he releases her in the name of jesus christ see paul's ability to deliver the girl from demonic possession was a result of a radical shift that had already happened at Pentecost. See, see, when Jesus left, they received the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that's a shift. Jesus leaves, and we get the power of the Holy Spirit. They had do they had dynamic power, and I'm here to tell you this morning, so do you and I. You see, the slave girls' owner were furious because they can no longer make a profit from the girl's fortune telling, And I want you to know it's a dangerous thing when you mess with somebody's money. I mean, messing with somebody's money can get you in a whole lot of trouble. And so it did, because they dragged Paul and Silas to the authorities and accused them of making trouble and promoting false religion in order to stop them from preaching the gospel. And so the Bible says that the multitude rose up against them and the authorities were told tore off their clothes and had them beaten with rods then they were thrown into the inner prison you see the inner prison was the darkest the coldest section of the prison and they were chained in shackles these brothers were in lockdown I mean the day started all oh great but out of nowhere they were hit with a bad situation, just like we have been hit with the coronavirus. You see, many people are making a comparison saying that the lockdown due to coronavirus is a lot like being in prison because we're not allowed to travel. There's pressure to stay home. We have to quarantine for several weeks. I mean, we experience unusual isolation. We have been cut off from our loved ones. People are lonely experiencing anxiety and depression. I mean this virus is scary and so is prison. Yet some of these experiences may be similar to being in prison but we are not in prison. However I will say this it does feel a lot like house arrest but just for the record I have never been under house arrest. I'm just saying I'm thinking that this might be what it feels like. See the pandemic is a bad situation. And in response to this, we have had to make some radical shifts. I mean, just think about it. We had to shift how we do ministry. We had to shift how we interact with one another, shift how we work, shift how we do classes at school and at university my sisters and brothers, storms will come, and when they do, you have to shift your perspective because a negative mindset will never produce a positive outcome. See, that's important as a student, so I'm going to say that again. I said you have to shift your perspective because a negative mindset will never produce a positive outcome. You see, the truth is we will face some bad situations in life. And just like Paul and Silas, we too have an enemy, an enemy who wants to control us, an enemy who wants to stop us from doing kingdom work. You see, the enemies of Paul and Silas had to physically put them in prison. But I want you to know that Satan will seek to imprison us In our minds also, because that's why in second Corinthians 10 and five tells us that we are to cast down all arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into captivity and to the obedience of Christ. You see. In the storms of life, we will have to shift our thinking so that it aligns with God's words and not Satan's lies. You see, we need to be on high alert when we are physically and emotionally weak. Because that is when Satan will attack us, just like he did Jesus after he fasted in the wilderness for 40 days. See, right now you're studying for sins. You're going to be tired. You're going to be weak. But you need to be mindful and be on high alert. It is at this time That Satan will come and try to attack you. And no doubt, Satan was attacking Paul and Silas spiritually while they were in prison. Satan was saying things to them, I'm sure, that he says to you and I. Things like this. If God loves you so much, how did he allow this to happen to you? Are you sure? I mean, are you really sure that it's God that's calling you into ministry? This is a bad situation. Do you really think God will deliver you from this? See, Satan will use whatever tactic he can to wear us down when we are weak. He will pose questions to cause us to doubt God's word and his promises. And when he does, we have got to shift our focus from our situation and back to God's word. For we know that the promises of God are yes and amen. We know that we serve a God with whom all things are possible. We know that we serve a God who can do anything and everything. And so the Bible tells us that it was midnight. See, according to the dictionary, night is a period of darkness. And the theologian Thomas Fuller said, it is always darkest just before the daylight. You see, the darkest hour is the time when the bad events are at their worst. It is the time when people lose hope. It is the time when people feel disheartened. See, the truth of the matter is, if we're all honest, it's easy to pray. It's easy to praise God when things are going well, but can we praise him in the midnight hour? I'm talking about a midnight hour, an hour when you're trying to finish that assignment, an hour when you're trying to study for York Sands. I'm talking about midnight when you want to give up and throw in the towel. I'm talking about midnight when your marriage is on the rocks or you've got a bad doctor's report. I'm talking about midnight when you might have lost your job and your finances are acting funny and you don't know how you're going to pay the bills, don't know how you're going to pay tuition. And when your family problems are got you pacing the floor and you feel like Satan is kicking your butt. It is at midnight when you better shift gears. See, you can't stay stuck in gear in the gear of crying and feeling sorry for yourself see no 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 because at midnight you gotta press down on the clutch of prayer you gotta ease up on the gas of praise and shift gears why because you gotta shift into prayer because this my friend is warfare you know I know you're in pain but it's time you got to raise your praise yes it is midnight and no doubt Paul and Silas are not able to sleep because of their pain and their wounds and the deplorable conditions of the prison cell. It was a desperate situation, and many of you know that a desperate situation and desperate times call for desperate measures. See, I love, I love the tenacity. I love the faith of these two men because Paul and Silas were in prison, but they were not prisoners. And I remember maybe some of you might have seen the show uh, America's Got Talent when uh, this black man by the name of Archie Willens was wrongfully imprisoned for 37 years. And so when he was on there, they said, Archie, tell us, how did you get through 37 years of being wrongfully imprisoned and, and come out? How did you do it? He said, well, I'll tell you, it's like this physically. I was in prison, but my mind was free, he said. See, you can be in prison and still be free. Yes, you can. And that's what I love about Paul and Silas. They were in prison, but they were not prisoners. You can have a bad situation, but don't let the situation have you. You see, these brothers were battle ready. They were armed and dangerous. And they had the defense of prayer. They had the defense of praise. That was a dangerous combination. So, and they start to sing at midnight. Can you hear them now singing and praying? I mean, they begin to pray. You are the God. Hear the voice of our supplications, O Lord. O God, strength of my salvation. I cry out to you. Make haste to me, give ear to my voice when I cry out to you, Lord. They were praying and praying, and then they begin to sing, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I'm confident this morning that somebody that's on this video needs to hear that this morning. Great is his faithfulness, morning by morning. My sisters and brothers, when the problem is surrounding you, remember that the solution is within you. You got prayer in you, you got praise in you, you got the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in you. I mean, I don't care how long we've been saved, every now and then you've got to remind yourself you got God on the inside. And that ought to just make you smile. That ought to give you the confidence knowing that you got God on the inside of you. See, Paul and Silas didn't let their situation alter or shift their peace and joy. See, they lived their victory in Christ, no matter what their circumstances was. And if you shift your perspective to one of praying and praising in the midnight hour, God will shift you into daylight. That's what he did for Paul and Silas, and that's what he did for me. I just feel in, in, in my spirit to share with you a, a testimony. And I know Dr. Anna probably heard a little bit of it. She was at, well, I think she wasn't at the church that Sunday. She probably heard it on the message. But I want to share with you just a little testimony. Because to show you the faithfulness of God and how God can shift your situation around just like that. You see, I have a son who was in bondage to alcohol and drug addictions for several years. And he didn't want anything to do with God. Even though at the age of 16, he was, said he gave his heart to the Lord and he was baptized. And then all of a sudden, he started hanging out with these different uh, individuals. And now he says to me, well, Mama, I don't believe in God anymore. Can you imagine my heartache when a mother hears that from their son? But as a mother, I was always praying for him. But one day, God put it in my spirit. you got to shift how you pray. you got to shift How you praise? I said, "Shit, how I pray!" I said, "What you?" I said to myself, "Lord, what are you talking about?" Well, first of all, what I did was I found some key people who I knew would be serious about praying about this situation, and so I got them together. And then God put it in my spirit to put my son's name on a piece of paper, and every day for forty days, I would draw a circle around him and I would declare all the things that I wanted to see in his life. And so this one more night I was in bed, sound asleep, and the Lord woke me from a deep sleep and said, Andrea, I want you to go to your front step. I was like, what is kind of dark out there? And so anyway, I go on the front step, doing as God told me to do. So I'm out on the front step. do Okay. God is, you know, thank God it was good weather that morning. So I'm out there. And as I'm sitting there, the sun begins to rise, and when the sun was rising, the Lord spoke in my spirit, Andrea, as the sun rises out of darkness, your sun will rise out of darkness too, oh my goodness, I mean the way God spoke to me, it was so powerful, so powerful, and so then finally, uh, as I'm praying, he finally admits that he needs help. But he, he wanted to go to detox. Well, I got to tell you, there were so many uh, red tapes and all these things to get him in detox. But God began to open up one door after another. I mean, I had the minister of health actually call and get a spot for my son in detox. And so then after that, trying to get him to go to teen challenge again, he said to me, no, I told you before, I don't want nothing to do with your God. I want nothing to do with faith. Leave me alone. I just want to go to detox. But here's how God works. After 40 days of circling around him, day two after 40 days, the phone rings, and it's my son. Mom, I want to go to Teen Challenge. God has been speaking to me. So he went off to Teen Challenge. I want you to know he's home. He's serving God. He's free of alcohol and drugs. I want to tell you, God is able to shift your situation I'm a living testimony to the power of God to be able to shift it. And I want you to know that he will do it suddenly, just like that. When you least expect it, God can shift your situation. We sing a song at Emmanuel. says, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. It's going to work in your favor. Yeah, wait in the midnight hour. It's God is going to turn it around. I may I had a little drum there. I beat that for you in a- too bad I couldn't play a little keyboard, but you need to know that that late in the midnight hour, God can turn your situation around. And so then the scripture text goes on to say that Paul and Silas were lifting their voices in song, and the prisoners were listening. They were there would have been all kinds of you know like we say really bad criminals I'm thinking in the prison cell with Paul and Silas and I was thinking to myself now no wonder those the jails that I work with the guys would have told Paul and Silas to shut up and stop your praying and stop your singing but but we see that the fact that they didn't was an indication that their prayers and their praise were affecting the atmosphere and having an impact on everyone around them. You see, when you get to the place of shifting into a place of prayer and praise, you ought to infect your atmosphere, and your atmosphere ought to infect anybody that's in your space. That's the kind of shift we need to make. See, these are the kinds of prayer partners you want in your life. You don't want them prayer partners that pray, now I lay me down to sleep. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the kind of prayer partner you want. You want a prayer partner who can throw down and stand firm on God's word. And so the Bible tells us that suddenly, suddenly there was a radical shift in the prison. Why? Because the same Holy Ghost power that showed up in the upper room at Pentecost showed up and shook the foundations of the prison and immediately were told that the prison doors were open and everyone's chains fell loose. See, as they were praying, there was a radical shift in the heavenly realm, and it was realized in the natural. See, don't underestimate the power of your prayers. I'm a living testimony that just because you don't see God doing anything and nothing's not happening in the natural doesn't mean that God isn't shifting things in the heavenly realms, because she certainly is. Acadia, as I bring this to a close, Paul and Silas, they didn't focus on their imprisonment, Instead, they focus on the one who could set them free. How you respond in the natural will cause a shift in the supernatural. And if you can just get your eyes off the problem and look to the problem solver, God can shift your mess and give you a miracle. Being in prison didn't stop Paul and Silas from preaching the gospel. What should have been an obstacle became an opportunity there for them to shift from preaching in the streets to preaching in prison. See, God is going to present something that's going to look like an obstacle to you, but you need to see it for the opportunity that God wants to use you in it. See, we cannot allow a bad situation to place limitations on what God can do with us. Let me say that again. Don't allow a bad situation to place limitations on what God can do with each one of you. You see, an unknown author once said it like this. When something bad happens, you have three choices. Either you let it define you, destroy you, or you let it strengthen you. And then I love Isaiah 40 and 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let me say to you this morning, God's desire is to radically shift us from our midnight situation into a new day. So shift your focus to prayer and praise. Because I'm here to tell you that late in the midnight hour, God will turn it around. God bless you on today. And thank you so much for allowing me to be with you.